Welcome to the Adopting and Fostering Home podcast. Whether your family has been on this journey for years or you're just getting started, we're here to support and encourage you along the way. And now your hosts, Lynette Ezel and Tara Melber. Welcome back. You know, it seems like to me that God's Word is a story of a loving God who just writes beautiful stories for our lives. He does. They often don't make sense to us, though, do they? Exactly. And so, so many times I think of Abraham Mm -hmm. and Sarah, how they had an idea for their marriage and their family, and that's not the story God was writing for them. Right. And then I think of Hannah. Yes, and she bring, you know, she's at the temple and she's crying before the Lord, just just with all of her being, desiring a child. And God writes her story mm-hmm. differently than what she thinks. And then you even think of Mary. Who would have mm-hmm. thought that so young that God would give her a child and it would be his son? And the Lord truly does write the best stories and he does it differently. That brings me today to Monica and Scott Bidwell. We love this couple so much. They've been married for 15 years, and they have three beautiful children. They have a biological daughter who's 11, and then two cute sons who are nine and three. And the boys joined their family through domestic infant adoption. The Bidwells have been in camp ministry. They have. Friends of ours for years. Yep. And church ministry and missions um, for their entire married lives. I don't think they know any different. (laughs) (laughs) Monica has a passion for orphan care and ministering to other moms. So, Monica, thank you for joining us today. I'm just honored to be here. Thanks. Well, Monica, you know, I've known you for a long time and I've known your story for a long time and walked actually alongside the ups and downs of how God built your family. And I know that there are a lot of our listeners who have struggled with miscarriages and um, failed adoptions even. And, you know, the hard part about your story is that you've experienced them all. So we wanted to invite you on today to talk about how God writes the best stories, even when we don't understand. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your life and how the Lord did that for you and Scott? Well, I am actually really excited to get to share this because as time has passed, you start to realize that it's not your story, it's God's story. Mm -hmm. And whenever you get to share it, you get to encourage other people and just glorify Him as you're telling it. So um, anyway, our story... uh, started, I I lived a pretty charmed life growing up. Nothing really big ever happened in the way of um, hardship. I married the man of my dreams young and about a year and a half into our marriage, uh, we decided we wanted to start a family. And so really difficulty with that never entered my mind. I mean, why would this be any different, right? (laughs) So um, we got pregnant really quickly and things were going well. We'd had an ultrasound where there's this squirming, wiggling little one. And then at 11 weeks, it was like I knew something was wrong. And uh, we went in, had an ultrasound, and there was no heartbeat on the mm-hmm. ultrasound. And it was devastating to me um, and to Scott. But, I, you know, he had, he had been through some ups and downs in his life. And, and this was really my first major crisis um, of faith where I, I just had to, it, it really was where the rubber met the road for me. Um, and uh, it was just such a difficult time. Well, not long after that, we moved uh, to another town with work and um, got pregnant again and had a second miscarriage. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And it was, you know, here we are in a new town and don't have very many friends. We, the Melbers were there and mm-hmm. we were getting to know people at a new church. But, 
we felt very alone. And this was an all time low for me. And, uh, Sometimes in those all-time lows, other things develop, and I ended up developing a major anxiety disorder and uh, depression at this time. And uh, I got to say, I mean, this was probably the lowest point of my life. I would just sit at home and, and just cry and pray and agonize, and I wasn't really able to function outside the home. I, was, I didn't find a job right away. And my husband, Scott, led me in a really amazing way through this. But he also recognized that I needed a counselor, too. Mm -hmm. And so we sought help in that way. But um, let me stop you you right there, Monica, because I think there's I think there's a lot of gals listening to Mm -hmm. you today and families and couples who are privately Right. Walk in this valley and they don't, like you said, you stayed at home a lot. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you being so transparent and candid because a lot of people just don't talk about that, especially within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We just don't talk about it in the church. Your story's a lot like mine started as well. Who would have known the Lord would give us Mm -hmm. six children later? (laughs) But when you miscarry, you think, Lord, am I ever going to have a little one? Mm -hmm. Is this not your plan for me? And it's really hard to trust the hand of God at that time, but you do have to pull back and start to trust his heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And you just think, God, you know that we would raise this child to love you right. and serve you, but it, it just doesn't make sense, does it? And and so, you know, we're just sitting at home and, and um, Scott's, you know, continuing to work. And, and I just am drawn to Job, the book of Job, like so many people are whenever they're going through a tough time. I mean, nobody had it worse than Job, right? Yeah. <laughs> and God just really started to speak to me through it, um, specifically through Job 42, verses 1 through 3. And I'd like to read that if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, it said, uh, then Job replied to the Lord. Now, this is after all of his hardships and losses, and, and he's been humbled by the Lord. And um, he, he literally says to God, after God's revealed just how big he is, he says, I know that you can do all things that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things that were too wonderful for me to know. And that just knocked me down with just God's sovereignty over my life. And I I immediately identified with Job's response in my heart because I didn't understand it. It was too wonderful for me to know what was going on. But I know that I can trust his plans. And that was just what we anchored on during that time. And I didn't really realize what the future would hold. And I probably would have died right then and there if I'd know what was coming down the road. But um, that was just a moment where God spoke to my heart and he just met me there. Oh, that's beautiful. I can remember coming over to your house after your second miscarriage and thinking, this is the saddest thing that I've ever seen you go through ever. And I can remember you talking about how you grew up and your parents are loving and kind and just great parents and had modeled such a wonderful walk with the Lord with you. And that this just really was the first major thing that had ever happened to you. And it happened to you as an adult. And I watched you really cling to the Lord during that time, even through the anxiety and the depression. And I can remember praying, um, Psalm thirty four eighteen. the Lord is close to the brokenhearted mm-hmm. and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I remember praying those things for you, begging the Lord to be near to you during such a struggle. And he did. And mm-hmm. he did. And he, he really did. And it wasn't too much longer 
that your sweet girl came, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, right whenever uh, we are at our lowest, you know, God knows um, where we are and what our heart's desires are. And um, he just kind of had to speak to us and say, you know, don't you want to know me more than you want to know why? Oh, and um, that was that was a really tough place to be. But not long after that, we did. Um, become pregnant and found a high-risk doctor there in town in Louisville. And uh, Kylie was born later that year. Mm -hmm. And so that was a joyful season for us. Um, and we were just so, so grateful for what the Lord was doing. Um, not long after that, though, um, Scott started to get the adoption bug, <laughs> as many of us have. It was catching bad during that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And at first, you know, I was a little resistant, um, but uh, as I started to just, we started to get into the scriptures about it and just hear testimony from other people, and, and it just starts to capture your heart, doesn't it? It does. And uh, we, we decided that we felt called to adopt, and so first we were thinking, well, let's adopt internationally. We had a lot of friends, um, you all included, that had done that, and um, started down that road, but it just seemed that doors and relationships kept opening and developing towards domestic infant adoption. And so we started that process. Um, in, in that area, uh, during that time, there was a special need in that area for people that were willing to be multiracial families. Um, as you know, many of y'all know, you, nobody really has all that money in the bank you know, mm -hmm. for an adoption. And so um, we applied for every grant that there was and um, relied heavily upon the generosity of our church and our friends. And uh, we were able to get going on domestic infant adoption. And I know you all probably remember that. I do um, remember. I remember you going to the um, agency. You used a secular agency for your yes. first adoption. And I can remember you coming home and saying you were in this group of people that you had to meet with on a regular basis. And that <laughs> I don't remember, were you all the only Christian couple in the entire room? Um, the only, as far as we knew, based mm -hmm. on conversations, right. Mm -hmm. That there were, a, there were a lot of unbelieving people in the, in the room. And so yes. I can remember you saying, where are believers mm -hmm. willing Where's to step up and mm -hmm. say, we're willing to adopt. We well, want to adopt. Especially for multiracial um, right. families, you know, there was just such a deficit. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because of that, we were matched very quickly. And um, a few months went by and we were able to meet with the birth family, um, birth mom. And, and, uh, we got to the point where delivery came along and right at that time we had a birth mom change of heart mm -hmm. and the adoption just fell apart. Um, obviously that was it, awful. It, yeah. Being a person that has gone through miscarriage, mm -hmm. it felt exactly the same. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did you go back to those feelings again of, Lord, where are you in all this? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just thinking, God, you just paved this beautiful road, <laughs> you know, yeah, for right. us to get here. And I just don't understand. Again, you know, here we are at the point where, God, I just don't get it. Um, and you're but, seeking the Lord yeah. and you're following the Lord and you're trying your best to be obedient to open your family to adopt and you know this is what the Lord's called you to do and one would think that if you're going to go walk that path and follow faithfully to the Lord that he's going to be like ah, that the heavens are going to open and you're going to be a mama again and so exactly. it didn't happen that way and it was terrible 
it's really, really hard. And, you know, we are tempted to think that way, you know, God, right. we're doing mm-hmm. everything right, but there's really no precedent for that in the word, is there? I mean, right. we're all suffering along the way. And, um, and so God had grown us through the miscarriages so, so that we would be prepared, you know, to deal with this. And he's just so gracious to do that. Um, but we, we just trusted that he would fill our home and, and we kind of got back in there after a while and, uh, requested, you know, if we could be matched a little bit later, you know, with the agency, I just said, if we could just come along a little bit, maybe even at the end of the pregnancy, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause it is just such a bumpy ride. Um, and so having said that, um, just two months after the disruption, our little guy, uh, came into the world very quickly overnight. Um, is actually the perfect definition because it was, <laughs> and uh, we were called and said, you know, you have a match. We said, well, when is he due? And they said, oh, he's already here. You oh, need to wow. come to the hospital and get him. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> One of my favorite pictures of your family, and every time I look at it, I tear up, is a picture of you all going to pick him up at the hospital, and you are holding him and adoringly looking at him, and Scott is in it, and he is grinning ear to ear, and I thought, you could not have, even if you birth a baby, you can't have as big of a grin. Like it's the same. You were just, it, it was so same. exciting. Yeah. I'll never forget you calling and saying, guess what? We were matched. And guess what? We're we going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were even at the mom's Bible study there at Highview um, and uh, the mom to mom group. Yeah. And they formed a tunnel on the way to my car yelling, <laughs> go mama, go. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. Because the these girls had walked alongside you through a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they had. And they were they watching really the faithfulness of the Lord and providing. I and love what so you, he is. And lo- I love, Monica, what you said. He doesn't waste any of our pain, mm-hmm. any of our suffering, that when that first adoption fell through, when birth mom changed her mind and decided to parent, that you, you were brokenhearted. You and Scott suffered, but God had strengthened Mm -hmm. you and he'd Mm -hmm. kind of prepared you for that moment. And I love how you shared that. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. Um, so, you know, we were parents of two and, um, not long after that, God had called us to do some overseas missions. And, um, so we ended up moving to Haiti whenever the children were five and two, and that was all kinds of exciting, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, we, we experienced a great season of ministry there in Haiti. Um, and just at the tail end of that, we did experience another miscarriage overseas. Um, that was very difficult. Um, but you know, we had decided that we really did want to grow our family some more. And so thus that, you know, that did occur. But, um, after we moved home, after our, uh, season there with the mission in Haiti, we decided, you know what, I think we're going to start an adoption again. And um, so we got into the process, it moved quickly, and then we had another disruption. And I just remember calling you, Tara, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was thinking of this last night and writing it down that I just called you and I just was crying. And it was almost like you knew as soon as the phone rang that what I was going to say. And at the end of our call, whenever I I told you that it had fallen through, I just remember you saying, Monica, don't forget, God is for you and he's for your family. That's right. And, And I needed to hear that so much because, you know, as experiences, God does strengthen you along the way. That's right. But as experiences pile up, Mm -hmm. sometimes the enemy causes you to doubt the character of God. Yeah. And... 
And I just remember hearing that and thinking, you know what? He is, he is for me. It doesn't feel like it right now, but he mm-hmm. is right. for me and he's for our family. And it's such an emotional ride. I mean, it really is. I think that that's one of the things that really shock families mm-hmm. when they step into the waters of adoption and foster care is the emotional ride that it that it brings with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But along with those emotions, we had so much unexpected joy that came just a few months later. We had a friend of the family uh, contact us and say, you know, I have a friend that has a niece that needs to make a plan for her little guy. Um, And we had not planned on proceeding with adopting. This was a, a little bit after the one had fallen through. And you know, uh, I met, we met the couple and, um, talked to them about their plans, um, at, at a Dairy Queen <laughs> we just sat down and talked about it. And, uh, not long after that, um, our youngest son came along and we cannot imagine life without him, without either of our boys, mm-hmm. you know, even through all of these struggles, you know, I can't imagine God knitting our family together a different way. And we just trust that the Lord knows the children that he wants us to raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever venue, whatever avenue it is that gets us there, then, you know, that's what he, that's, that's what he takes us through and he, allow, he allows to happen mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. So, Monica, what would you tell families, couples who are struggling with infertility, miscarriages, even failed adoptions like that? That's so that's hard. That's all so hard. And it's happened to you five times. And mm-hmm. how— how do you continue to trust the character of the Lord? I mean, what would you tell a family who's really in that lowest point that you were in after that first miscarriage? Well, you know, I think that um, God knows exactly where our hearts are and um, how he's going to get us. You know, he, he tells us in his word that, you know, he's making us perfect until the day of Christ Jesus, you know, he's working in our hearts. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have our dreams and our visions that are good and right. Um, but sometimes they, it just feels like he's disrupting them. (laughs) Um, and he's asking us to walk a painful road, but, you know, going back to Job that, you know, even though, we are experiencing tremendous loss and tremendous grief that we can see his healing and redemptive hand. He is always redeeming. And, um, you know, I, I just have to just tell people that, you know, we can trust him. He is a good father and we have to look to the word to realize, you know, this is the character of my God. This may not be what um, my circumstances are, you know, my circumstances are not making me feel good, mm-hmm. but my God is good and I can trust him. I think leaning into the character of God is the only way we can get through difficult Absolutely. seasons of life. Psalm 56, 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded mm-hmm. each one in your book. He does love us and he does um, have our best our best interest at heart. And I think oftentimes when we hold our dreams and our plans as a functional idol in our lives to say, 
um, this is really what I want and I don't understand why it's not happening, Mm -hmm. then the Lord does ask the question just like he asked of you, Monica, don't you want to know me more than you want to know why? That's a hard place to be. And I think it's a place that we have to continually go back to and ask ourselves the question, do I want the Lord more than I want my plan? Yeah. And as we continue to be sanctified and grow through struggles and difficulties and strife, we have to just continually remind ourselves because the enemy is going to tell us he his character is not what you think it is. But we have to continue fighting against that and saying that it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, this weekend I was sharing with some foster parents struggling, you know, mm-hmm. where you and Scott were many years ago. Uh, Monica, and just when you can't understand the hand of God, you just dig in his word and Mm -hmm. you just cling to his heart because the heart of God is so loving and he's always about building our story. Mm -hmm. That's right. He really is. Well, thanks for being with us today, Monica, but we just know you got another story in you. Yes, we do. (laughs) We'd like to talk to you a little bit about um, some, maybe some myths about domestic infant adoption. And um, so we'd like for you to stick around if you will. Yes, yes, I'd be glad to. Thank you, Monica. And if this podcast has meant anything to you, to our listeners, if it's helped you in any way, would you mind just leaving us a review on iTunes? It would just mean the world to us, and it really helps us in what we're doing in this ministry. We just want to be about helping families move forward in foster care and adoption in any way we can. You have been listening to The Adopting and Fostering Home, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendrelief.org.